Well, hello. Good morning. Welcome to another episode of the Daily Podcast. This episode finds you on the 28th of May, Friday, and we are at the end of a work week. I trust that your day is off to a good start, even as we conclude this work week and wrap up all that we need to do. It's my prayer for you this morning that you will do so with your heart, your mind, rooted in the peace of our God, that you would uh, not live life frazzled or anxious, just running to and fro from appointment to appointment and having your minds just shifting and oscillated from thing to thing, but that your heart, your mind will be so anchored in God's peace and presence as you go about your day. And so with all that being said, let us begin the podcast. In the last couple of days, uh, a couple of the staff members and I have been talking about our current sermon series on doubt and deconstruction. We were just talking about how, uh, or what kind of advice we would give to someone going through a deconstruction process. What would we say to someone who is experiencing and undergoing uh, the throes of doubt, even in this moment? One of the things that we landed and concluded as extremely vital to pursue in a time of deconstruction is to remember the encounters that we had with God, the undeniable moments where we experienced God's presence, where we saw His glory, the deep and tender moments we had with God where we entered into a new truth, a new realization and revelation of who He is and who He is to us. You know, I can think of one of such moments uh, uh, in my early years as a Christian, I remember this uh, encounter very vividly uh, because it utterly changed the way I viewed prayer. I remember once in my younger days, I had just indulged in sin and I felt utterly shameful and regretful and guilty. And I was, you know, doing the Christian thing. I knew I had to ask for forgiveness. I knew I had to be you know, sorrowful, I knew I had to repent because it was just the right thing to do and I just didn't want to feel shameful anymore. And so I dragged my feet right after I had indulged in sin to go to God and to try and pray. But I recall in that moment, I felt no words could come out of my mouth. I felt so shameful, so steeped in my sin And I couldn't utter a single word. I couldn't even pray. And just as I was about to give up on doing so, all of a sudden, being alone in my room, right after having indulged in sin, I felt God's presence enter into my room in such a strong and profound manner. My instinctive reaction was to go, no God, you you can't be in the room. I am sinful. I had just indulged in sin. I, you know, I'm not right with you. You can't be here. It felt so, so wrong for God's presence to be in the room. I was so shameful and I didn't know what to make or how to make sense of my experience in that moment. I've always thought of God's presence being a reward or byproduct of a holy and righteous life. And here I was in sin experiencing the nearness of God. Now, it totally reframed this experience, my understanding of prayer. I've always approached prayer as a transactional thing. I was about to do the transactional thing, going to God, I have sinned, 
I need forgiveness and so I repent and ask for it and then I receive forgiveness and then all is made right and well. But I've come to view prayer not as a transactional thing but that which is communion with God. It is experiencing His nearness, His presence, communing with Him. You know, it has been said that we live in a time of story wars or a war of narratives. And it's my personal opinion that the Christian narrative, the Christian story, is the best story out there. Tragically, we have, in many of our circles, truncated this amazing story from a four-chapter story to a two-chapter story. We talk about the fall of men, and we talk about the cross of Jesus, how he redeems us through the cross. But we omit two important chapters that precede and that follows this story. We omit the part about creation where we were you know, clued into what God's de- intended design for humanity is to be, that we were designed to rule and reign, but also walk in communion with him. And Jesus redeems us, yes, through the cross, but he redeems us toward and then toward the restoration of all things and how we play a role in that. If I were to ask you today to articulate what the gospel is, many of us will simply go, men are sinful creatures in need of redemption. Jesus comes to earth and through the cross, he redeems us. Through the cross, this great transaction, we have now been forgiven. Though our sins were scarlet, he has now made us white as snow. So for many of us, we view the cross primarily as a transactional thing. Our sinfulness, our wickedness for God's forgiveness and grace. And now there's nothing wrong with that. But I believe there is so much more about the cross. Colossians chapter 1 has this amazing passage of scripture, starting from verse 19, it says this, For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself. By him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And in verse 20 of this text that we just read, it clues us in that the cross that Jesus, whom all the fullness dwelt in, was after reconciling the world to himself. All things on earth, things in heaven, were to be reconciled to him because he had made peace through the blood on the cross. And so the cross is not just to be viewed primarily through a transactional lens where our sinfulness is traded for God's forgiveness. It is also to be viewed through a lens of redemption and reconciliation. That the cross happened, Jesus endured through all the sufferings of the cross, yes, for us to be forgiven, but also that we may be reconciled to him. And so this ought to shape the way we view prayer. Prayer is not merely a transactional tool. It is to be a pathway, a means to which we commune with God himself. 
and He forgives us of our sin because that sin so prevents us from communing with Him. And God removes all these hurdles and obstacles that holds us back from what we were truly created for, His great intent and purpose for our lives, communion with Him. And so as we wrap up this podcast this morning, I invite you to get into a posture of readying yourself to commune with God. Before we do that, I'd love to read a liturgy over you this morning. This is a liturgy that uh, really speaks into our sinful condition and our desire to be liberated from the way of the flesh in order that we may commune with God and come back to what we were designed for as we read in the opening pages of scripture to walk in the cool of the day with our Lord. So let me read this liturgy over you this morning. O God who sees in the dark, we are lonely. We crave comfort, pleasure and connection to fill the sense that something is missing. We long to be seen, delighted in, wanted and loved to confirm that we are enough. Our brains and bodies grasp for immediate gratification when what we really need is you. O fountain of living water, well up in our hearts until we are overflowing with everlasting life. When we are broken, you make us whole. When we are consumed with desire, you fill the gap. When we stumble again and again and again, you forgive. When our flesh fails, you strengthen our hearts. God, we want to choose you forever. But our flesh is weak and will lead us to death if we let it. And we have let it. We have accumulated heavy weights of guilt. We have fled to the shadows of isolation and shame. We have relied on our willpower to free us from this prison of flesh. O Jesus, who knows what it is to be human and tempted, teach us how to die to our flesh and ask your spirit for help. Lead us to your heart of grace and compassion. Lead us out of darkness and into the blinding freedom of light. Lead us out of hiding and into beautiful communities of confession. Even if we are confessing the same thing over and over for a while, may we fill our minds with true and noble things. May we sit in beautiful spaces, consuming your love in us. May we consider what is excellent and praiseworthy. May we practice thanksgiving and receive your peace. May we contemplate your kindness and be led to repentance. Amen. So let's spend a few moments this morning reflecting on these words and just abiding in God's presence, communing with Him. Prayer is not just a time of transaction. It is a moment where divinity and humanity meet. It is a time of communion. And so let's spend a few moments this morning sitting in God's presence doing so. Amen. 
I hope that you have been refreshed by this time even as you look to scripture and sit in God's presence and I pray for you this day that your day will be so marked by the tangible presence of our God that you will commune with him even as you go about the affairs of the day. And so have a great weekend ahead. I'll see you in the next episode. Grace and peace. Mm-hmm.